Hi everyone. Today is October 26th and welcome to my third podcast. Um, I'm doing this podcast today and I really don't feel all that great. I just now went and got some medication and got it into my system, but I don't quite feel the effects yet. So I don't really feel all that well, but I figured that would be the perfect time to talk about addiction (laughs) when you're in the throes of it. So um, today's topic, I want to talk about like the controversial debate if addiction is a lifestyle choice or if it is a disease. And I don't want to technically take sides on the debate, but I do want to touch a little bit on both because I feel like I have fit into both categories at one point or another throughout my addiction. So the people that feel that addiction is a lifestyle choice, I personally have known those people to be closed-minded, often people that are not willing to learn about addiction or I don't know, or maybe have never been around someone that's dealt with addiction firsthand or seen a loved one go through addiction. Usually these are people that are just like textbook people is what I call it. Like they just know what they've heard or read, but nothing like firsthand. And I do feel like that plays a part into why they feel like addiction is a lifestyle choice. So a lot of people that think that addiction is a choice also believe that um, people use addiction as a sort of excuse for someone not wanting to take responsibility for their own actions or an excuse for like a lack of discipline. But, and I, let me say, there have been times where I honestly, and I'm not so sure it was my drug of choice that caused this. There have been more than enough times in my life where I just was lazy. Like I didn't want to, I didn't want to go to work or I didn't, you know, that I just didn't want to period. I'm not so sure that drugs had an effect on like me being lazy. Like that was, I think my like mood or mindset, regardless if I had drugs in my system, but I can tell you firsthand drug addicts in general work harder than anyone I know. And let me explain. I know firsthand, you know, drug addiction is a 24, seven, 365 job. It is every day, all day, a constant worry on your mind, do I have enough medicine to stay well? Am I going to be able to go to work? Am I going to get sick without my medicine while I'm at work? If you're sick, you can't be around your kids because you physically cannot take care of them. If you're sick, your mind isn't right. You can't even have a conversation. You're not showering. You don't keep a personal hygiene. The list goes on and on and on. So it is a 24 7 365 job responsibility to make sure that you are well if not high you at least need to maintain and in order to do that even if you have a job that pays good or pays well enough to support your addiction 
just because you have the financial part of it taken care of, you've got to find it then. You know, you've got to get it through somebody that you can trust is not a law enforcement officer. It's not a setup. Um, a lot of people will intentionally rob you, steal from you just because they may have their own addiction that they need to feed. And <laughs> what just blows my mind nowadays is that I see people that try to go get something, their drug of choice, and they're buying, like, people are selling nutmeg, um, what else do they use? They use, um, like, Miralax to cut a lot of drugs with. I've had people that have went to go buy methamphetamine and they were actually sold ice cream salt. I mean, a lot of days what you think you're getting is not what you're actually getting. So just because you have the financial part satisfied, you've then got to find a good, reliable source that is actually going to give you what you want. You're going to get what you want and for a decent price. And even if you do find somebody that has the drug of choice you're looking for at a decent price and it is what they say it is, then there's the whole waiting game. Like you are not any drug dealer's top priority. Like you are on their schedule. And I've had it before where I have waited two or three hours in a parking lot. I was like obviously too sick to do anything else. And I really didn't have a choice but to sit there and wait. And whenever they finally pull in and serve you, I mean, they're not in any hurry. Trust me when I say that. Finding a good dealer that is either like working from home and he's always home that you can come and go whenever you please or finding a good dealer that will meet you out in a reasonable time frame is very, very difficult. And if you could find one, I've learned that like loyalty to your plug pays off in the long run. I know that sounds really stupid, like, but as an addict, we see our plug if as much, if not more than we see our family or our loved ones, they honestly have a very intimate relationship. Like I do with my plug, at least like there's really not a whole lot that he doesn't know about me. Like they know my birthday. They know what's going on in my life. They know about my, um, home life, about what pets I have, my boyfriend, girlfriend, etc. Like they know everything that goes on in my life on a very intimate level. And, if there's a day that goes by where I don't see him, he may even text me and be like, Hey, are you okay? Is everything all right? Not just looking for my money. Like I think he genuinely does care about me at this point after being loyal to him for so many years, like you just bond with that person. And I mean, of course we benefit each other. Like I am buying what I need to maintain and stay well and function in life from him. And of course I am essentially, paying for him to support his family and for him to like I am his income so we do need each other but it gets it gets past that point like you get to a different point like you're not just in a business relationship any longer and it makes the world of a difference if you don't have money but they know they see you every day you know hey I'm really sick I need to get something I won't have my paycheck till Friday I mean, if you see this person every day and they know that it's the truth and that they know that you're good for your word, that helps the world because everybody gets put in a tough position. And most addicts don't have good credit or even a bank account to get a payday advance, no less a job. So, I mean, it really helps when you're on a 
on good terms with your dealer. I'm not even sure how I got to where I am right now in this conversation, but I'm just saying it's, it's a lot of hard work. And even if you have a job, it's still a lot of work. Like I said, the financial part may be satisfied, but then you got to find the product and then you got to find a, a good dealer. And I could tell you basically my job only pays for my addiction. It does not cover cigarettes, gas money, the mortgage, the electric bill, my cell phone bill, etc. Like it basically just pays for my addiction and it is at least a 40 hour work week, if not full time, like I was saying, 365. Um, and that can be frustrating and you can't have a sick day. Like there are no sick days. There's not a day really that I can go without a vehicle. Like I need to be able to get around and travel. Um, although I live in a city, I live like on the suburbs and nothing is very close or walking distance. Like if I had a day without a vehicle, I would not be able to maintain. And so, you know, it's a constant, it's just a constant everyday blah on my brain. But I just wanted to clear up that at least people that think that addiction is something that people may use because they're lazy and they don't want to be responsible and get a job, etc. That's not always the case because most addicts, including myself, work harder than most non-addicts <laughs> that I know. And it's okay to have a lazy day, but I don't feel like people... I don't feel like anybody that I know uses addiction as like an excuse, if that makes sense. Um, and what's interesting enough, like I wasn't really all for addiction as a disease. When somebody first told me that they're like, it's a hereditary disease. I'm like, bullshit. I don't believe that. Like, there's no way because in my family, I am the only addict in my family. My mother did not use drugs. My father did not use drugs. I am an only child, so I don't have any brothers or sisters, but I was raised in an upper middle class family. I went to private Catholic schools all the way through to college. I was never raised around um, any talk about drugs or even like, honestly, I didn't even know. I had never been around someone that smoked weed until I was a freshman in college. Like I was very sheltered, but my family were like my mom and dad are addicts in their own sense. My mom, although she's no longer with us, she was addicted to food. Like that was her comfort. And that is what she definitely used to an extreme. I'm like, she was an overeater period. That was her addiction. And my dad, he still is a workaholic. Like he, also is an addict, but just to work, not necessarily to a substance, but he is an addict and he will put work before himself and his family. And that is an addict, except it's just not, like I said, drugs, it's his worth ethic, but I am the perfect example. I don't have any family members that technically use drugs, even like my immediate cousins, grandparents, none, none yet. No one uses drugs or drinks alcohol. I am literally it. And here I am 
I am still an addict. I didn't start using drugs until after I graduated college. Um, I had a perfect upbringing. And when I say perfect, there is nothing that I haven't done. <laughs> Let me emphasize that. I've done every sport, ballet, tap, jazz, point, gymnastics, the private schools, the traveling the world. There's, I'm very well-rounded, very educated, but I'm still sitting here an addict. And somebody that came up in a very strong family, I still surrendered to addiction. And so I really didn't believe at first that it was a disease. But then when I stepped back and looked at it from the point of view where, okay, well, let's look at it behavior wise. Then I changed my mind. And like when I say that exactly, like I had to sit back and look at addiction, like and what behaviors make up addiction, you know, is doing something every day considered an addiction or does it take somebody doing something multiple times a day um, or does it have to be illegal for it to be considered addiction? And so I sat back and, and thought about this and, you know, for my mom, for instance, it was an everyday thing, overeating at every meal on a daily basis. It's not illegal. Food is not illegal. Eating food in excess is not illegal, but she still fell into that category of addiction, in my opinion, when I went back and looked at it and the same with my dad, just with work. So, you know, no, it doesn't have to be illegal. And I know people that still, even like five, 10 years into addiction, they still don't use every day. They may use every other day, every third day, once a week, but it's still a repetitive behavior. It's the same thing over and over. It needs to be repeated and it needs to have harmful consequences. And when looking at it like that, Yes, my family does suffer from addiction, and I do see that it has been passed down hereditary. Like my mom, my dad, my grandparents, in one way or another, they've all suffered from addiction, just not drug addiction. I hope that makes sense. Like, I feel like I kind of started rambling, but I I wanted to, to add that in because I used to be, like, really, I don't, like, I would be very put off if people were like oh if you're an addict you must come from a family of addicts and I would be assaulted I'd be like insulted how dare you say that my parents are not addicts you know like it pissed me off like don't you even think that about my family like never would they ever pick up and use drugs you know but if you look at it from a different viewpoint yeah they were addicts. They have that addictive personality. And so do I. And here I am. It just happens that heroin is my addiction instead of work or food. And, you know, actually, I have borderline suffered with an eating disorder or like overeating, I guess, or even undereating anorexia, bulimia throughout my life. Like weight is a very... Um, everyday thing I'm aware of. Like I monitor what I eat. I notice the 10 pounds if I eat too much, you know, like, and so even then, like it doesn't just stop with heroin. I do notice my addictive personality in other aspects of my life. 
like it is there. I do believe that it is hereditary. It was passed down. It may have something to do with um, environmental factors or how you were brought up, but in my case, it did not. Mine is just legitimately hereditary. It's a disease. It's there, and there's nothing I can do to change it. Okay, so today is, um, I don't know, the 29th, 30th. Today is October 30th. And I just want to touch base with everyone because I had published my third episode. And then I went back and listened to it, and I really didn't like, um, like the note that it ended on. And so I unpublished it, and here I am adding on to it. So I ended my last episode talking about how, in my opinion, I felt that my addiction was hereditary, that it was in my genetics, and that I ended by specifically saying there was nothing I can do to change it. And I want to touch on that. So although I do feel like my addiction, for me at least, is hereditary, and that my parents may not have had conventional addictions like Um, drugs or alcohol. I had said that my mother did suffer from an eating disorder, overeating specifically, and she used food to help cope with her troubles, her emotions, any problems that she had in her life. And that my dad was um, a workaholic. Specifically, he would literally put work in front of his family. It would come first and foremost and family would come second. And then also any relationships that he had in his life, friends or intimate relationships, children, etc. They all came second. And then there was me, which let me go into that. It was when I say there's something I can do to change it. I mean, when I started taking opiates, it kind of flipped a switch in my brain and it turned on the addiction gene for me, meaning like that is just what my addiction trigger was and now it is turned on and here I am addicted to opiates and this is something that I will not be able to change and that is truth 100%. But what I can change is how I cope and handle my addiction for basically the rest of my life and that (laughs) includes a slew of things it could include jail time it could include treatment it could include secondary medications and when I say that I mean um, medications such as like methadone or suboxone that are used to help treat withdrawals and then long-term like you can take those medications you're not supposed to but a lot of people do long term so instead of every day going out onto the street and buying illegal drugs such as heroin I would go to a doctor who would prescribe me um, either suboxone or methadone and that would then treat all of my withdrawal symptoms and any cravings I would have moving forward Um, And then, of course, there is rehab. There is counseling. There are options moving forward how I can handle my addiction and cope with my addiction. But I want to just 
say like this is a lifelong thing this is not something that I can just say okay that was part of my 20s and now that I'm 30 years old it's not a thing anymore like I'm past that it's not it will be a lifelong struggle learning my triggers learning what causes relapses and learning how to cope with emotions and problems without resorting back to using heroin is going to be something I deal with for the rest of my life. So I just kind of wanted to tap, you know, tap in on that a little bit, touch base. I didn't really like the note that I ended on and I'm probably for my next episode going to talk about, um, should addicts be punished with jail time or should we have treatment as an option and kind of go into what different options addicts out there right now have and my opinion on both situations and um maybe just kind of go from there and also just apologize because my last episode I did kind of just do a lot of rambling addiction is something I feel really passionate about and I do get carried away and I do get off topic sometimes but just wanted to wrap this up and thank you guys again for listening I appreciate anyone that listens I know originally when I started this podcast it was really just for me like I needed an outlet to vent to somebody besides my roommate or my better half (laughs) and someone that I could just talk to and they would just listen and essentially that's what my podcast has been and the fact that anyone has even taken the time to sit down and listen just makes me so happy and grateful and thank you guys and I will try to publish my next episode within the next week so I will talk to you guys then